Hello and welcome to The Life of Riley from otrgold.com. This episode will begin after a brief message from our sponsors. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Meat is the yardstick of protein foods because meat measures up to every protein need. The American Meat Institute presents The Life of Riley, a half hour with radio's friendliest family and starring William Bendix as Riley. Not only how much you plant in your victory garden, but what you plant determines how far it will go in meeting your family's needs. Not only how much protein food you eat, but also how good its proteins are measures its worth in meeting your food needs. Meat proteins are the right kind. Meat is the yardstick of protein foods because meat measures up to every protein need. And now, the life of Riley. Those of us who know war worker Riley know that his life consists of a series of emotional ups and downs. Last week, for example, Riley, after much effort, finally got rid of his wife's Uncle Baxter, his unwelcome house guest for the last two years. And brother was Riley up. But no sooner did the door close on Uncle Baxter than in came Baxter's brother, Uncle Buckley. And brother was Riley down. A week has passed, but Uncle Buckley is still there, and Riley is still down. At the moment, he is brooding in the living room of the small Riley house in the suburb of Los Angeles. Peg, where's my blue tie? Oh, um, I think Uncle Buckley borrowed it. Uh, starting all over again. Tomorrow it'll be my suit. First it was Baxter, now it's Buckley. I get rid of a headache, now I got a toothache. Stop grumbling, dear. The way that Buckley eats. Baxter was on a hunger strike compared to this guy. Now, stop criticizing my uncle. He's only human. Everybody loves food. Mm, loving food is one thing. Trying to elope with our icebox is another. <laughs> this guy can eat a turkey leg without stopping at the bone. <laughs> well, he won't stay here forever. Just a couple of days. Don't say it. That's what you said about Baxter, and he stayed two years. Oh, relax, Riley. Here, I'll turn on the radio, and you can forget your big trouble. Yes, kiddies. Uncle Smarmy's nature story comes to you by transcription. And now, radio listeners, we bring you Arthur Q. Webster, assemblyman from the 624th District with an analysis of the political scene. Mr. Webster. Fellow citizens, we are facing political disaster, and I'm going to tell you why. No, you ain't, pal. Why'd you shut it off, Riley? Oh, it's just one of them politicians beating his gums again. <laughs> Those fellas must have iron tonsils. I want to know how to vote, dear. I'll wait till election day and then ask me. <laughs> By that time, my head will be made up. I 
think you ought to get more interested in politics, Riley. I will when they nominate Leo DeRocha for president. <laughs> of Brooklyn. Oh, here's Uncle Buckley. Oh, what, what's the matter with you, Uncle Buckley? I just had a very narrow escape. You're lucky to see me again. You call that luck? <laughs> Riley, what happened, Uncle Buckley? Oh, I've been chased by a pack of ferocious manhunters. It couldn't be income tax collectors because you ain't got no income. <laughs> I am referring to dogs, Riley. Wild dogs. I beat them to the house by, by inches. Well, for goodness sake, Uncle Buckley. Wild dogs, huh? How many? I did not pause to count them. Big beasts with long, sharp fangs. But what kind of a town is this where, where citizens can't walk in the street without being eaten alive by murderous hounds? Now, don't you start knocking the town. We got a nice little town here and our dogs behave. They don't eat between meals. Which is more than I can say for some uncles on my wife's side. Uh, you, you see this rip in my pants? Correction, my pants. Lucky for you, I was wearing them instead of you, my cold-blooded nephew. This, this right here is where one of the monsters clamped his teeth. See how he ripped the pocket? Maybe he was after your ration book. <laughs> <laughs> Dumb dog, don't he know you don't need points for meat anymore? <laughs> Laugh if you want. I thought my last hour had come. The rest of the pack was closing in with dripping jaws. And then suddenly... Hey, Pop, I you should have been there. Uncle Buckley just got chased by a dog. One dog? Junior, my boy, kindly do not exaggerate. There were conservatively at least ten. Listen, Uncle Buckley, Junior ain't so hot at arithmetic, but he can count one dog. <laughs> How big was it, Junior? Oh, just a little pup. <laughs> a little pup? The animal was the size of a full-grown calf. <laughs> Uncle Buckley, you didn't even see him good. You were skinning over our back fence so fast. Uh, I cleared the fence in one superhuman leap. And you snagged your pants on a nail skinning over. <laughs> <laughs> well, that'll be evidence to prove my story in court. In court? Yes. Now, wait a minute. You ain't taking my pants to court. <laughs> I am suing the city. Why? It's supposed to have a dog catcher. Well, there is a dog catcher, isn't there, Riley? Sure, a fellow named Johnson. Well, then I'll sue Johnson. Listen, Uncle Buckley, it wasn't Johnson that chased you over the fence. You better sue the dog. <laughs> Take him to court of common fleas. Ha, 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 very amusing. On second thought, I won't go into court at all. I'll just have the dog catcher removed from office. Gee, don't do that. Mr. Johnson is a good dog catcher. Hey, Pop, remember the time we went down to the pond and spoke to him? Oh, yeah. Yeah, me and Junior were shopping for a dog like I had when I was a kid. Chips, his name was. He was half collie and half dachshund and half bulldog. Well, dear, that one and a half dog. Didn't your dog have another half? <laughs> no, there wasn't no other half. From there, he run into 16th. <laughs> oh, that Mr. Johnson treats dogs swell down at the pond. Right, I'll, I'll have that incompetent discharged by this time tomorrow. Oh, yeah? How you gonna do that? Why, Mayor Petty is an old college chum of mine. Oh, Uncle Buck, don't get Johnson fired. Maybe the next dog catcher won't be a nice guy like him. Don't worry, Junior. Don't worry. Uncle Nobuck is talking through his hat. Johnson ain't gonna lose no job. Uh, I, uh, 
Don't suppose you want to make a little wager, do you, Riley? I got five bucks that says you don't know the mayor well enough to get nobody fired. That's a bet. I'll take care of it the first thing tomorrow. Now, Uncle My dear niece, I'm going to teach your husband a lesson. My honor is at stake. And five dollars. Look, miss, I'm due at the war plant pretty soon. Can't Mayor Petty see me now? It's important. It's about a guy's job. Lots of people want to talk to the mayor about getting jobs. Yeah, but this guy's already got a job. He's the dog catcher. What's his name? Johnson. Don't you even know him? Well, believe me, the dogs know him. Why, when a dog gets lost in this town, he goes right down to the pound and gives himself up. <laughs> Say, uh, what time is it now? Well, goodbye, Buckley, old boy. Goodbye. Again, oh, thanks, Bert, old scout, and much obliged for that little favor. <laughs> Uncle Buckley, so it's been you that's been keeping me waiting out here. Uh, listen, Mayor Petty, I... How do you like that? He shuts the door right in my kisser. I'll let you know when the mayor can see you. Eh, it's no use waiting, Riley. Bert, uh, that is his honor. The mayor has promised to fire Johnson. Uncle Buckley, if Johnson loses his job, every dog in this town will hate you, me included. <laughs> My boy, I'd like you to pay that bet to me in large bills. Two twos and a one. <laughs> Fine thing, getting a guy fired to win a five-buck bet. Sure. Oh, it isn't the money, of course. It's the principle of the thing. Uh, see you later, Riley. Uh, say, miss, how long is it going to be before I get... Yes, sir. All right. The mayor will see you now, Mr. Riley. But right. about time. Well, 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 well. Come in, come in, come in. Fine to see you. Fine. Take a chair. Thank you. Pardon me a moment. Uh, uh, Mamie, uh, what was that matter the governor phoned about? His name is Riley. Chester A. 77 Blueview Terrace. Married. Two children. Works at war plant. Registered voter, but he didn't vote last time. Mm Mm-hmm. Don't know what his complaint is. Something about dog catchers. Uh, yes, well, uh, tell the governor I'll see him next week. Now then, Mr. Riley. Chet Riley, isn't it? Fine to see you, fine. How are all the boys on Blueview Terrace, huh? That's a nice little district over there, since I put in the sewer. <laughs> Thanks, Mr. Mayor. That, that, that's the prettiest sewer i ever seen. And by the way, Chet... How's the little wife and your two kiddies? Lovely kiddies, lovely. Ah, they're okay, thanks. Uh, Say, I didn't know you knew me so good. Why, Chet, all the citizens of this town are just like my own family to me. Uh, And by the way, I didn't see you at the polls last time. We missed you, Chet. (laughs) Well, I I guess I was kind of busy. Chet, (laughs) it's the duty of every citizen to vote for the right man. When you have the right man in office, you can always be sure of getting a little favor when you need it. Hmm? Now, what can I do for you? Well, Mr. Mayor, it's, it's about the dog catcher. Say no more, Chet. This is the second complaint I've had this morning. Johnson's through. Wait a minute. I ain't complaining about Johnson. He's a great dog catcher. Huh? Yeah, you, you've been listening to a lot of scandal mongrels. L- like that guy who just left here. <clears throat> Well, I suppose there are two sides to the case, uh, Chet. Uh, 
But, of course, with the election coming up, uh, my friend Buckley has promised me strong support in his district. Is that so? Well, let me tell you something, Mr. Mayor. I know a couple of voters myself at the war plant where I work. <laughs> mm -hmm. I see. And you can swing their votes, hmm? Have a cigar, Riley. Hey, if you ask me, Johnson's had a dirty deal. For years, he's been catching the dogs and you big guys been taking the bows. But now his friends are lining up in back of Johnson. They are, eh? Yep. How long has this Johnson boom been going on? I ain't saying. But just on the way down here, I talked to 28 guys who never heard Johnson was dog catcher even, till I told them. But now they're for him. And if I talk to 28 guys a day from now on until election... Well, <laughs> my good man, you can't elect anybody for dog catcher. That job's not on the ballot. Only the mayor can appoint the dog catcher. Okay. Then me and my friends vote for a mayor that's for Johnson for dog catcher. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I see. I get it, Chet. You might swing your votes to my opponent, McHale, at the election, huh? Well, I'll think it over. I think I can find a way to take care of Johnson, all right? Oh, thanks. Yes, sir. Mr. Riley's on his way up. Yeah, I'm on my way out. But if I don't hear from you, you'll hear from me. Say, uh, now that I'm in politics, uh, have a cigar. <laughs> Why, that's the cigar I gave you. Yeah, I, I tried this brand once, but I can't figure no way to smoke it and still not be in the room at the same time. <laughs> <laughs> Mimi, two men have been in here this morning making an issue of the dog catcher's job. I suspect a political trick. Who do you think's back of it, Chief? Probably Johnson himself. That dog catcher wants to swing votes over to my opponent, young Joe McHale. That's insubordination. What are you going to do? Do? I'm going to get Johnson up here. Listen to him with an open mind, give him a fair hearing, and then fire him. <laughs> Out now from the life of Riley. This is Ken Niles. Ever since we went on the air today, I've been itching for this chance to get at the microphone because next to eating good meat, there's nothing I like to do more than talk about it. And now most all these fine meats ration-free. Isn't it wonderful? Ah, just the thought of more meat on the table makes me feel like a new man. And I know it means even more to you women who have to plan the meals. It's certainly the biggest piece of home front news of the week. Just think of it. Good meat on the table three times a day. Crisp bacon, tangy ham, or sizzling sausage for breakfast. A swell big platter of cold cuts at lunchtime. Company for dinner with a whole ham on the table. Or a big pork roast with apples around it. Mm -mm. I'll have to stop this. Remember, it's just noon out here in Hollywood. I'm making myself hungry. Anyway, who am I to tell you how to plan meals now that 85% of all meat is ration-free? You may not find exactly the kind and cut of meat you want each time you go to market, but I'm sure you'll have many cuts to choose from. Just remember that in addition to being mighty good eating, every additional serving of meat gives you more of those good meat proteins, the right kind of proteins for your every need. Gee, Dumplin, bacon and sausage for breakfast, cold cuts in the lunch basket, and ham on the table for supper. Ain't grub wonderful? <laughs> And now back to the life of Riley. 
Riley has put in his day's work at the war plant after leaving the mayor's office, and now we find him home again, waiting for some word from Mayor Petty on the matter of Johnson for dog catcher. When the word comes, it's through an unexpected channel. Hey, Pop, look who's here to see you. Mr. Johnson, the dog catcher. Oh, yeah, glad to see you, Mr. Johnson. Hello, Mr. Riley. (coughs) 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 How's that? I said, hello, Mr. Riley. Excuse me a minute. I I think a dog got in the house. No, no, it's me. Uh, Always do that when I'm nervous. Get a catch in my throat. Oh, Mr. Riley, I come here to find out what you got against me. I got nothing against you. How do you mean? Mr. Riley, after you talked to the mayor, he got it into his head I'm out to bolt the party. So he tied a can to my tail. I mean, to me. <laughs> Mr. Riley, I've run that dog pound eight years. <clears throat> Junior. Junior, go get Mr. Johnson a drink of water. Get it in a pan. What do you mean the mayor tied a can to you? He, he told me he'd take care of you. Well, he took care of me, all right. I'm fired for meddling in politics, he says. Why, the double-crosser. I didn't think it would work out like that. I, I was kind of trying to bluff, see? And... Your bluff cost me my job. Oh, I'm, I'm awful sorry, Johnson. I'll, I'll have to get you another job to make up for losing you that one. I don't want any other job. I want my old job back. I like dogs and... Dogs like me. (laughs) Yeah, I... I guess you talk their language. (laughs) Well, don't worry, Mr. Johnson. I'm going to get you your job back as dog catcher. Mayor's pretty sore. Says I'm biting the hand that feeds me. (laughs) Oh, is that so? Well, let me tell you something. He ain't feeding you. The taxpayers feed him. Who does he think he is? He's the mayor, Mr. Riley. Oh, yeah? And how does a mayor get his job? The people give it to him. And they can take it back if they want to. They can vote for the fellow that's running against him, young Joe McHale. I guess Mr. McHale would appoint me dog catcher. But most folks think McHale hasn't got a chance to win. Well, he didn't have maybe, but now he's got me on his side. Listen, already I got a great campaign slogan. You have? Yeah. A dog is man's best friend... And a dog's best friend is Johnson. And Johnson's best friend is Mikhail for mayor. Hey, that sounds good. Mr. Mikhail does like dogs. He drops in at the pound ever so often. Here's some water, Mr. Johnson. Oh, oh, thank you. Go on, Johnson, lap it up. I I, I, I mean, I mean, mean, drink it. Now, uh... Now, if we're running McHale against Mayor Petty, we, we gotta knock Petty. Pop, I got a slogan to knock Mayor Petty with. Yeah? How's this? A doghouse in everyone's yard, and Mayor Petty in everyone's doghouse. That's a good one, Junior. That's the one. Yes, it, it's excellent. <laughs> okay, we start our campaign tomorrow night. Now, I'll phone McHale and tell him we're electing him the next mayor, and he's gotta make you dog catcher. You really think we can swing it? That Mayor Petty's pretty smart. Ah, uh, well, don't worry. I'll outsmart him. I got more brains in my little finger than I got in my whole head. Hey, 
Look at Peg. Here's our ad in the paper. For Mayor Joe McHale. For dog catcher Ulysses Johnson. Able, honest, fearless. Mass meeting tonight, Mechanics Hall. <laughs> oh, oh, I forgot to tell you, Riley. What? They called up from the hall and you can't have it tonight. What? Why not? Well, it is a hall's been condemned or something. It seems the mayor ordered the fire department to close it till further notice. That's dirty politics, Pop. I'll say. Well, there's only one thing to do. I'll hold my meeting in the park. That's free. Friends and fellow citizens, I want to introduce our next mayor, Mr. Joe McHale. Fellow citizens. That's enough, buddy. Ring it up. What's the matter, officer? Ain't we got free speech in this country? Not without a license. You got a license to make a speech here in the park? I ain't making a speech. I'm talking to myself. Can I help it if this crowd is listening? (laughs) Well, you'll pipe down till you get a license. Where do I get a license? You gotta see the mayor. Dirty politics. It's no use, Riley. Tomorrow's election day, and we still haven't found a place to talk. The mayor's got them all sewed up. Ain't he, Mr. McHale? Yeah, looks like it. Petty's having a mass meeting of his own in the park tonight. He is, huh? Listen, I got one of my most great ideas. If he won't let us talk at our meeting, we'll talk at his meeting. At his meeting? How? Mr. Johnson, you still got a key to the pound, ain't you? Yes, sir. I... I sneak down there at night and kind of look at the dogs. <laughs> okay, you go down there and get the dog catcher's wagon. And then tonight, when Mayor Petty's talking in the park, we'll drive. This is about as close as we can get without being seen. Gee, look at the big crowd. Okay, stop the truck. Junior. You back there with the dogs? Oh, yeah, Pop. Okay, get out and get up close to the platform. Johnson? Yes, Riley. You... <laughs> you get at the other side of the platform, and I'll get in front. Take your signal from me. Mr. McHale? Yes, Riley. When you hear the signal, Mr. McHale, do like I said. Okay? Let's go. Hello, citizens. I am glad so many of you were able to turn out tonight to listen to the inspiring words of that great-hearted man who will be our next mayor. Honest, able, and fearless, he has come here tonight to answer all of his critics. Ladies and gents, Mayor Phineas T. Pepe. Hello, citizens. When you go to the polls tomorrow... There will be only one question in your minds, and that question will be... Where's my dog gone? (laughs) No heckling, please. Who's heckling? All I ask is, where's my dog? Sir, I am not a dog catcher. Well, that's tough. This town needs a good dog catcher. Since you fired Johnson, nobody can find their dogs. Poppy talk, sir. You've lost your dog. Go to the pound. They ain't in the pound no more. They're all over town. Ridiculous. Is that so? I bet my poor little dog is wandering lost in this park right now. Hey, this is a political trick. There are no dogs at large in our fair city tonight. 
I dare you to let me call my dog. Go ahead. But be quick about it. This is a serious political meeting. Here, Fido. Here, Fido. Here, Fido. Here, Fido. I hear him. Here, Fido. Here, Fido. Come on, boy. Here, Fido. No dogs, Luke, huh? Listen to that, folks. Here, Fido. guy is, afraid of a couple of little dogs. Don't go away, folks. In a minute, we'll have a speech out of Joe McHale, our next mayor, who ain't afraid of no dogs. You have listened to the final election returns, and the bulletin has just come in. Mayor Petty has just conceded the election to his opponent, Joe McHale. The next voice you hear will be that of our new mayor, Joe McHale. Fellow citizens... Turn him off, Dumplin'. Well, Riley, don't you want to hear your candidate talk? I already heard him. He made the only speech I wanted out of him when he said, I appoint Johnson dog catcher again. Well, that <laughs> was a pretty tricky politics you played on Mayor Petty, though. <laughs> <laughs> Breaking up his meeting by sicking dogs on him. <laughs> Boy, he sure looked comical running out of that park. You know, Peg... That's the first time I ever seen a dog race which had an electric mare. <laughs> ah, good evening, friends. Well, Riley, my boy, congratulations. Why, Uncle Buckley, I thought you were on Mayor Petty's side. Her uh, ex-Mayor Petty. Uh, don't tell me his being licked for mayor broke up your beautiful friendship, Uncle Buckley. He's no friend of mine. If he had fired the dog catcher as a favor to me, I'd have won my bet with you, Riley. But he double-crossed me. The scoundrel fired Johnson for political reasons. So you admit I win, huh? Well, so it seems, my boy. Spoke like a man. Where's the five spot? Well, uh, Riley, I want to pay you off in something better than money. Uh-oh. Hey, you see, if I gave you five dollars, it'd be spent and forgotten. That's why I have brought you a present worth five times five dollars. Uh, bring it in, Junior. Well, look at Pop. Here's what you won from Uncle Buckley. <laughs> A dog. My favorite breed, a cockeyed spaniel. <laughs> oh, yeah. Mr. Johnson gave him to Uncle Buckley to give to you. You got him free, Uncle Buckley? I thought you said he was worth dough. Why, he is. If I'm any judge, what you have there is a very valuable Australian bush dog. I've often seen them roaming in the veldt. Uh, notice the bushy eyebrows. Oh, a rare find, Riley. Oh, he's cute, Riley. Oh, he's the same one that chased Uncle Buckley, Pop. Mr. Johnson had him in the pound. Oh, <laughs> so that's the little fella that started the whole thing, huh? Imagine Uncle Buckley being afraid of a little pup like that. Ain't you ashamed, Uncle Buckley? Well, when I first uh, uh, met this dog, it was still in a wild state. It's been, uh, it's been tamed since then. Well, hold on to it, Junior. Ah, don't be scared, Uncle Buckley. A dog knows if you're afraid of him. <laughs> nice doggy. Come on, doggy. Nice little doggy. Oh, look out, Riley. Uh, no dog can talk to me like that in my own house. What you got to do with a dog like that? You got to look him right in the eye like this. Go right up and pat him like this. Hey, take him off. Keep away from me. Lock that mud up, Junior. He bit me. He didn't bite you, Pop. He only barked. Is that so? Well, he just barked the seat out of my pants. 
away, folks. The Rileys will be back in just a moment. As Riley says, it's wonderful to have meat back on the table. You're going to hop out of bed a little faster because there's good meat for breakfast. You're going to open up your lunchbox or sit down at the lunch table more eagerly because there will be more generous slices of meat in your sandwiches. And as for dinner, you won't have to slice the roast paper thin. There'll be enough to go around of that good meat that everybody wants. You've missed that meat, haven't you? Your mouth has been watering for meat, and more of it. Well, here's something you may not have thought of. That craving for meat is an age-old instinct, an instinctive reaching out for the right kind of proteins, the complete, highest-quality proteins that are essential to the growth, replacement, and repair of every body tissue, and the formation of the antibodies which fight infection. As long as you get enough meat in your three meals a day, you can be sure you're getting proteins of highest quality and the right kind. All meats, regardless of cut or kind, gives you the right kind of proteins. Yes, now you can make meat your everyday, every meal yardstick of protein foods because meat measures up to every protein need. All statements regarding the nutritional value of meat made on this program are accepted by the Council on Foods and Nutrition of the American Medical Association. Well, Riley, I'm glad to see you and the dog are getting along better with each other now. Oh, yeah, we're the best of friends now. I made a deal with him. He can sit in my chair when he's in the house, and I can sit in his kennel when I'm out in the yard. <laughs> Riley, starring William Bendix and sponsored by the American Meat Institute, will be back next week at this same time. William Bendix appears on this program by arrangement with Hal Roach. The Life of Riley was directed by Don Bernard, with music by Lou Kozloff, and came to you from Hollywood. This is Ken Nile saying, see you all next week. This is the Blue Network. W-E-N-R, at your service, Chicago 54.